grief and the grieving process is a very misunderstood emotion and state of being. I think it reminds us that uh, sometimes emotions don't go away. Sometimes they stick around and we find ways to work best with those emotions. Uh, today, I have Carmen Leffler on. He's a dear friend of mine who uh, lost her husband a number of years ago and um, was face-to-face with the deep grieving process. I was a part of that grieving process, being a, a friend of Carmen's and a friend of Scott's. And so watching that process and watching that that movement happen and the growth and the alchemization from the grief into who Carmen is now um, has been a very... Um, beautiful process, but also um, very tumultuous and very um, ugly, very scary at times. And so today I have Carmen on to talk about her journey with grief, um, how she's found help with herbalism and natural medicines to help assist her with her grief, um, and also to help normalize the fact that grief is a thing. And that's not something that we just need to, to ignore something we have to uh, work with and to understand and it can be beautiful as ugly as it can be it can also be a beautiful amazing gift it takes our processing and our moving with grief to understand the gift i hope you enjoy the conversation we'll see you on the other side but first a message from our sponsor our healing journey can be difficult it might feel lonely at times that's why i love sound baths where we can get together in a community, we intrinsically support and feel supported by others. And that combined energy can help us go deeper into our own healing journeys. And all you have to do is just lay there for one hour and listen to beautiful healing sounds. I'm a sound healing practitioner, and I hold sound baths on a regular basis in the greater Seattle area. You can find my next sound baths on my website at adamrealhealing.com. That's Adam, A-D-A-M, real, R-I-E-H-L, healing, H-E-A-L-I-N-G.com adamrealhealing.com. Your healing is worth your time. And now an uninterrupted podcast with Carmen Leffler. All right, welcome back to our show. Uh, today I'm talking with a just a dear, dear close friend of mine. Um, you are like a sister to me. You're like one of my best friends in the world. And uh, that is proxy through Monica originally. But now like I think I love how, you know, relationships can bring people together and then you start your own friendship from that, you know, and I think that you are one of those people that I've uh, really just connected with, with uh, Monica's friend group. Uh, can't say Monica's friend group anymore because we've been together for seven years almost, so it's pretty much our friend group. Uh, so Carmen Loeffler, Leffler, excuse me, Leffler, is a... Uh, um, uh, accredited grief coach, herbalist. Uh, she's a creatrix and utilizes flower essence in uh, her practitioning. And I, um, as just beside the fact of just loving you and your, your story and who you are as a human, um, you have been through quite a bit in uh, the past few years, and uh, which has started you on the path of, of grief counseling. And the people that I've talked to that are grief counselors or have some kind of um, uh, position in grief helping of some sort generally are people that have gone through some type of big grief moment and they had to find help. And now they are able to utilize the help they found to help others. And, uh, you know, that's an unfortunate thing because, um, you know, the grief sucks and it's really hard, but it's also something that we're always going to 
be faced with in some capacity. Um, grief can be uh, can manifest in the form of somebody passing away unexpectedly. It can uh, manifest in the form of like losing a job. It can be losing a friend, losing a parent. You know, it doesn't always have to be a loss as far as a death, but just something that separated once that you had emotional ties to that is no longer a part of you. And a lot of times where grief comes from is because we don't have any control over that loss. That loss was, is something was taken from us, right? So whether it was somebody that passed away, a relationship that, you know, we may have fucked up or something happened in, the job that got lost, you know, there's something that we really wanted that no longer is in our control and is not with us anymore. And that's a really hard thing for a lot of people to deal with because our egos, a lot of people don't realize like we all hear the word ego, but a lot of people don't realize how fucking strong and dangerous and manipulative your free ego is. When we don't have an understanding of what our ego is doing, saying, manipulating, or trying to work with, it's free range. And that motherfucker is strong, right? And when that, that, that grip holds on, it doesn't want to let go. And that's where a lot of that grief comes from, is that holding on of the thing that once was, right? So, Carmen, I love you so much. I'm so happy that you're here. Thank you for joining me today. I love you. That was so kind. Thank you so much. I just love you so much. And it is, it is such an honor to just, which is a crazy thing to say too, to be able to talk about this because in the depths of grief, there was never a time where I thought I'd be honored to be able to talk about this. Right. Right. And you hit so many points there and this this unknowing, like grief is liminal. Mm. It is this, this, this place where the past will never be. And the future is unknown. Mm. And you're standing in the waters of your tears, really. Mm. Like it is, it's a, it's, you know, I, I attribute grief to um, my personal grief experience as the most, out of body and humanizing experience I've ever had at the same mm, time. Okay. So a little bit about how I put one foot on this journey and then continued walking is from at the age of 32, I'm 37. Now um, my husband, Scott died from a heart arrhythmia mm. while he was at work in Hawaii, healthiest man alive. And yep. the one that shouldn't have gone, yeah. but you know, we can say that about everybody. Right. right so, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So I was widowed at 32 and that's when it all got, it all got started. Really. It's, yeah. it, it's a, it's an initiation, which is not the ending, but a beginning. It's a stepping into what the fuck, yeah. <laughs> you know? And it's like, <clears throat> it's, it's never, it's a part of it. For me, it's like understanding that you can never be, I could never be the same person again from right. that moment. Yeah. That person was gone. So I, you know, I've been reflecting a lot on, on my journey within this and I just feel so proud. I feel so proud of, of the community that that's around me and how we were able to hold each other through. Yes. this tragic loss because I wasn't the only one that lost. Right. Yeah. We all lost. Yeah. And as I'm reflecting on this, I'm finding that within the space of none of us knowing what the hell to do, we knew what to do. Right. And intuitive? the moment that he 
okay. So I was, I was alone. He was in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. I got told in a horrible way. It was a bad experience. Yeah. But the beauty that came out of that was as soon as my community found out, everyone showed up. Yeah. Everyone showed up, not just showed up verbally, but physically dropped everything that they were doing, flew from all over the States Mm -hmm. and came to our house and we held each other. Yeah. And we, you know, it was, I, I, have a very, there was a long time where I didn't, I kind of blacked out like those first like five days. Yeah. And I was like, I don't remember anything. I don't remember anything. And then one day it just all came back and I was like, holy shit. Yeah. That was magic. And I remember sitting there in my front, I had this house that had this big front window and you'd have to walk through the front gate and I could see it. And it was, I, I don't know why, but I just compare it to elephants. <laughs> it was like two by two, two by two. Mm. Each, each couple, each, like each unit came together and was like, we're not leaving. Yeah. We don't know what to do. And I was like, I don't know what to do either, but let's do it together. Right. And we like, we spent five, I mean, you were there. Yep. Oh Yeah. Yeah. What was that like for an outside experience? You know, it was, um, so I, and I think maybe I've talked about this on this podcast in previous episodes, but I've always been just astounded by the friend group that y'all have. And I, and I, okay. So the, the, our friend group now, right. But when I, but when I, when I, when mom and I first started dating, like I, I, I just, I couldn't understand how, how that many people could be that close and right. have that much dependent, not dependency, but understanding that those people would be there at any time. Like you could call any time of the day, any time of the night, people would just show up at our house from all different States and shit and be like, Hey mom, I'm in town. I'm like, okay, get fine. Get on in. You know, that's fine. It yeah. took a little bit of adjustment for me because that's not, no. you know, that that's not my go-to. But, um, but so when, when, when this unfortunate tragedy happened, um, you know, to show up, uh, and, and to see, yeah, to see that imme- immense amount of people showing up for you. And I've had people, I've had people pass in my life, unexpected, expected, right. And I've had, I've had that happen. And, uh, and, you know, we go and we, we pay our respects, but it's, 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 it was nothing like what I had witnessed when, when Scott passed and yeah. the outpouring of people that literally were like camping out at your house sleeping in whatever they could, wherever they the could. Greenhouse, the greenhouse, the garage. Totally. Jesus Christ, man. There were Everywhere. tents, there was all the stuff, right? And and it was like, like you said, nobody was leaving because we knew where we needed to be. Like Monica came and picked yeah. me up, like called me at work. I was working that day and she called me hysterical. I'm like, yep, cool. Pick me up. Let's do this. You know, we're, we're going up to Mount Vernon. We're just going to be there for the unexpected future. And you that know? was the, th- and that was the theme. Like really? that was, it was, you know, as I, as I've, talk to talk to my village like after the fact it was it was so beautiful to see all the spouses all the partners all the people that like it's not like an outsider but it's you know you have these deep connections with these people Mm -hmm. and you don't expect necessarily everyone to drop everything but it was their supportive spouses showing up for them and and being like okay let's do this together and we don't know what it looks like but in those moments, in those moments were was so much 
like ancestral primal ritual right that was performed without even knowing what the fuck we were doing it was like it was like one moment that really sticks out in my head was we we walked down to the river Okay. And we all picked flowers that Scott and I had planted the, the year before that he never got to see bloom. Mm. And we picked those flowers and we went down to the river and we laid down blankets and we said a beautiful prayer and we released our flowers into the river and let them carry away our tears. Yeah. And then we went back to the house and the girls like followed my weeping, crumbling being around and held like facial steams over my head and put cold spoons under my like tear soaked eyes and Mm. like relaxed my jaw and we fed each other and we we sat in circle yeah and we laughed even at times you know and we you know there was there was this really really primal sense of knowing without knowing right yeah. that I haven't, I haven't personally given enough credit to hmm. because that is what I think accelerated my ability to experience grief. Yeah. And that's what I think we're missing in this culture Yeah, is the allowance of experiencing grief right. and giving it a foundation of, Hey, we're supposed to be this sad. Right. Yeah. Because we loved that hard. <clears throat> exactly. We're not trying to get over something. Like we're that's... not we're just going like it's the bear. You can't go under it. Right. You can't go over it. You just gotta get through it. Right. And it's forever. And it's not a when are, when when is this gonna be done? Yeah. It's how am I gonna alchemize this? How am I gonna how am I gonna use this pain to purpose? Mm. Yes. And how am I going to help someone else not feel alone? Right. Right. Because not everybody has that. And I feel so grateful and so, so lucky to have that community. Mm. And it needs, it needs to exist in our culture. And it does exist because when you go through grief, you have a responsibility Mm. to let people know that they don't have to do it alone. Ah, wow. Wow. And, you know, like, sorry, go ahead. No, you go. I, you know, I was going to say like grief and, uh, you, you touched on a point really, um, you know, and it's funny, not funny, but Monica has a, uh, had a story about this. Um, so she was working at a restaurant when, when Scott passed and she took a number of, number of weeks off and, you know, and, uh, when she's still sad, still sad. Right. Right. Yeah, totally. Right. So she went back to work and places she loves working and the boss that she really appreciates, you know, this guy's a really nice guy. <clears throat> and uh, Mon, you know, dragged herself into work, you know, as best she could. She was still very sad, very grieving, and uh, and it had been about a month or so, and uh, maybe even longer. And so this uh, the manager saw Monica. She's like, "Hey, you're looking a little sad." And she's like, "Yeah, my friend passed away. I'm still grieving." And the guy's like, "Still, yes, still, right? You know." Right. And that's in and, and again, like I don't think that person meant anything negative by it, but we just don't. We're not given. We don't give people the proper opportunities to process shit because we're such a doing culture, right? So let's take um, let's take moon cycles for example, like women on their moon cycles. Like I've yeah. I've met women that are just fine on their moon cycles. They can do life and they they're just fine. I've met people that are crippled by their moon cycles, right? And if you're one that's crippled by your moon cycle and then but you have to work 
a 12 hour shift. Like you can't, you can't call out for that shit. And if you don't have PTO, you're fucked, right? You have to go in. We don't have a culture. We're not in a, in a position to where we understand and we empathize with human emotions, human understanding culture. Exactly. Right. And so like when there's, don't feel the feels, don't have the processes, Mm -hmm. get back to work and let's get over it. Yep. Like I had a friend, I have a friend the other day that just, uh, that works at a golf course and very unfortunate tragedy. A child got ran over in their parking lot and was killed a, a small child and they all went back to work the next day there was no grief counseling there was nobody out there to no counselors what? to come out and this is a major corporation this is a this you is a me- this is a public chain of, of golf courses give me that info if you will i'll reach out to them please do please do you know and it's like but that's the culture we're in it's like oh shit <laughs> that was so sad but you know what we watched that on tv we watched that on Get the back. news i just watched 10 tiktok videos about that same shit so hey we're all going to go back to work and pretend nothing fucking happened. That's well, bullshit. Right. Well, there's like, I mean, <clears throat> in a lot of corporations, it is, it is three days for non-immediate family members. Okay. Bereavement leave. Two weeks for immediate. I couldn't pick myself up off the floor for a fucking year. Right. Yeah. Let alone, I left like, I literally left like a shoe in the refrigerator at some time. Like your brain is not, your brain disconnects because your soul needs to feel. Right. And you can't be expected to do life. This is, it's, you know, like I, I, when I started grieving, when I got pushed through the portal Hmm. of grief, it was like, I woke up on a different timeline. Time changed. Light changed. Mm. My face and my body changed. My eye color would change. Wow. On the on the daily. Like I would look myself in the eyes daily and within my feelings, they would either turn green or gray or blue. Wow. Wow. And it's it's this, it's such an existential reality that you're in. And then with our culture trying to make you still fit into this mold. Yep. It is. That's the most challenging part where you're like, I don't, I can't do that life because this life that I lost deserves all of this. Yeah. There's this, there's a lot of belief in um, ancient cultures and also indigenous cultures that the soul needs a river of tears Mm. to get to the afterlife. Wow. I've never heard that. And so that's what I think that our community did Mm. that first five days as we gave Scott a river, like we gave him a river to travel on. There was no holding back. There was no, there was no possibility of not being raw. Right. Yeah. You know, and I hear a lot like you did it right. You just, I don't know if I'd ever be able to be that vulnerable. And I was like, you don't have a choice. I didn't choose to, I didn't choose any of this and I did not be vulnerable right it was an explosive authentic reaction to what happened yeah and you don't even know what and if you're not given that permission like i'm so thankful that's i'm so thankful that my community gave me that permission and i gave myself that permission to just feel yeah and just know I have to hurt this bad because I loved that big. Damn straight. Yes, you did. 
and I'll say one thing before we move on. Um, So, you know, seeing this friend group, you know, as a, you know, witnessing this friend group, it made me really understand because, you know, like, so I, I had been started on my path of, of, of difference, right. Um, uh, right before Monica and I started dating. So I was about maybe three or four years into my path of just finding a different way to live life and understand life. And one of the things that, that really stuck with me early on in this practice, um, a friend of mine, Tang, who's been on the podcast a couple of times, talked to me about, uh, yeah, Tang's a shit. And he told me, he's like, you know, the reason why we meditate on a regular basis, the reason why we have our peaceful practices and whatever they are is because when you need them is not the time to build them. Right. So if my, if tragedy strikes in my life and all of a sudden I'm like, fuck, I'm erratic and I'm crazy and I need to find something peaceful in my life. That is not the time to start breath work or start meditation. Right. I mean, you can, if you don't have that practice, please do. But building those practices leading up to potential tragedies is really what saves us. And right. And that's what's happened for me is that breath work, yoga, meditation, all this stuff that I do, um, you know, yes, it's, it's daily maintenance and I love my my meditation every day. I sit down about four or five times a day, accumulation about two hours all day. Right. And it's great, but, and that's, it's general maintenance. But like, for example, right now, my mom's in the hospital. She has stage four cancer. Like that shit can go sideways really fucking quick. And if it does, I know that I have my meditation to, to fall back on, to help keep me calm and keep me grounded, keep me centered. Yeah that yep. friend group to draw back on, to keep me grounded, keep me centered, keep me focused. And right? we know so, what to do now. Exactly. Right. So drawing into understanding that you might not need a cadre of friends, right? You might need just one or two close friends. That's fine. But make sure you fucking have them and they know that you're there and you know that they're there because fucking someday you'll need them. And that's yep. not the time to build friendships is when you need friends. That's the time to lean right. into the friends that you already have. So if you're a loner and you're cool with that and you're okay with being by yourself, that's cool, right? But shit's going to go sideways at some point in time. Dial into a a friendly member. Find a support group. Like you don't have to build friendships. You find other people that are in sorrow Mm. and say, I share my sorrow with you and you share yours with me. And that's how we know we're not alone. Definitely. So when did you, on your journey, when, when did you finally get to a point to where you saw this as being something that was going to be um, something like a catalyst for you to do something positive with? Yeah. So it's interesting. Like I, I remember, I remember laying on the floor in front of my plants Hmm. on the second day that after he died and I sat up and I had this rush of energy through my body. And I just, I think I looked at Monica and I said, I don't go down from this. I go up. Hmm. Wow. I don't get, to, I don't go down from this. I go up. And then I gave myself a year. I gave myself permission for a year to dive deep, deep into sorrow hmm. and to not try to find an escape and not try to fill spaces and not try to do anything that I needed. You know, I lost everything. I lost, I was a supportive spouse. Yeah. I didn't have a job. I didn't have. You know, I lost, I lost financial stability. I lost my future. I lost my partner. I lost myself as a wife, as a partner, as a best friend. Like I lost, I lost. Mm -hmm. And I gave myself a year. And on that year date, I remember thinking like, okay, 
So you can either, these are your choices. You can either continue to tell your sob story and find the eyes that will show you pity Hmm. to make sure you can get stuck in your sadness, or you can alchemize this. And when you get ripped down to the core of your existence and have to rediscover who you are, Hmm. it's scary. Yeah. It's really scary. It's like, what if I don't like that person? (laughs) Who that? New new skin, who this? (laughs) You know, it's like, how do you, it was scary. So, but I, I had been slowly, you know, I'd been doing yoga for a long time, but not in a spiritual way. Hmm. You know, it was more of a, and to note to that, like of what you were saying about like that uh, preventative work. I remember my mom in those first couple days telling me, she was like, you breathe, like you took breaths through, like the only way you didn't have panic attacks was Mm. you were just like, (sighs) I remember those. Yeah. You brought, like you brought life back to your body through breath. And I've never seen that done. And I didn't even know I had that capability in me because I hadn't, I hadn't given, I hadn't given it that much time to do that. Like, I didn't know that's the practice I was doing, but it was already instilled in my body that I could breathe through shit. Right. So, so, okay. So after, after the year, April 17th, I decided I needed to just walk forward. And I took a lot of big leaps pretty quickly. I signed up for a herbal apprenticeship Mm -hmm. that was medicine making one day a week for eight hours in the woods. And I like, I got a life coach, a mindset coach, you know, she, she, she wasn't even a, she wasn't a grief coach at all. She was, I just, my friend had a dream about her and Mm -hmm. was like, you should call my friend Jen. And I was like, all right. I was like, this will do. (laughs) And I worked with her for a year and a half and she completely changed my life. I remember. remember She had no idea how to, she didn't, she was, you know, we've talked since a lot. And she was just like, I didn't know if I had the capacity to hold your, your pain because I, I didn't study this. And she changed my whole life Mm. because she was able to get me out of the like curvy road of thinking like it's all downhill. Right. It was like, you get to choose. You get to choose every day. You didn't get to choose that, but you get to choose how you show up. Mm -hmm. You get to choose the lessons you learn. You get to choose beauty. You get to choose gratitude. Yeah. You get to choose all of it. I'm going to speak to that real quick because that, that, that's one of my favorite sneaky things that I don't think people really realize (laughs) is that when you, when you step into your authenticity, like, so you, when you finally were like, okay, I'm going to deal with this grief. I'm going to, I'm going to talk to people. You reached out to somebody that might not have been qualified to take you on and to really be with you, but they felt the call. So because you had the strength to, to step forward and say, I'm going to heal, and this is the person I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tap to heal, that person was like, fuck, I don't know if I'm ready, but I'm going to find it inside me to get to the point to where I'm ready to help this human because I feel that I can help them. And push even, each other. Right, exactly. So that that we all step into our authenticity together. Like we might have been scared, right? That that person, Jen, might have been scared of like, oh shoot, I don't know if I'm gonna be the right life coach. I don't know if I can do this. And all of a sudden here's this client that comes on that's way more than they can ever handle, but for some reason 
they said yes. And that yes turned into a year and a half long, beautiful coaching session with you that helped her gain more understanding of what her skills were. And through that helped you understand that you're a human being outside of grief. And you can use grief to alchemize, like you said, beautifully into something that's awesome and amazing instead of this terror tragedy kind of thing. Right. That's so beautiful. Like you're helping people step into that authenticity. Well, and helping each other step into that. Definitely. Yeah. Not allowing, not allowing your fear to, to be like, Hey, I feel a soul connection with you and I don't know what it is, but like, let's journey together Mm. and see, see how it goes. But I know I have, I have some tools Yeah. and it seems like you don't have those yet. So, you know, I've, I've recently heard this. I've recently heard this thing. I'm obsessed with this man, Francis Weller. Yeah. You mentioned him earlier. Yep. Yeah. I'm obsessed with him. Okay. Um, he talks about grief as an eldering process. Oh, love that, that grief, already. I know that grief is this opportunity to create a container that's big enough to hold everyone's and all of it. Ugh. If you don't dive in, if you don't stay stuck in the sorrow, if you allow the sorrow to open you. Okay. Because that is one thing that I have really learned through grief is that the I've never felt more human. Ah, uh, yeah. I've never, I feel like a rainbow that has an upside down rainbow underneath it. Right. And it's all the different emotions. And we're taught this like limited, limiting beliefs around that happiness is key. Mm. Get away from everything else that doesn't feel good. But if you give yourself the space to expand and say, I can be happy and sad at the same time. Yeah. I can experience joy and pain. I can, I can live in all of these things and I can help and I can laugh while I'm also crying. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so like creating this container that, and for me, I picture it as my heart, like the container is my heart, you mm-hmm. know, you break open so you can get more shit in there. <laughs> like it's, it's this expansion of saying, Hey, wow, we are so full of all sorts of different emotions. We had no idea of. And why isn't grief considered an emotion? Right. Yeah. And, and so when you're able to say, Hey, sorrow, I see you. Hmm. I get it. I know this is hard, but let's do it. Yeah. Let's figure it out. Let's realize this is the only guarantee we have in life. Right. The way, you, the way you just explained that and, um, it, it almost like, so the opening of emotions, right. It, it, it reminded me immediately of the archetypal stages of life that we, that we go through. Right. And so when we get into our older stages of life, um, I think in the, in the women's it's called crone and the men's it's called sage, which I think is kind of like, I, you know, I don't have anything against the word crone, but crone is like the word. I'm man. a fucking sage. Yeah. Don't I, I know. Right. You know, only exactly. a crone. <laughs> <laughs> I talk to people about that all the time. They're like, why do men get sage and we get crone? Like what the fuck oh, is that? Oh, you know, uh, <laughs> misogynistic traditions. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But you know, so we enter into that, that those, those later stages of that archetypal kind of character. Right. And that what the beauty part of that, and we'll just use the terms just, just to use them, but crone for women, men, uh, sage for yeah. men is that you you get to that stage where you're postmenopausal for women 
And that what that does symbol- symbolically is that releases the um, the tie of motherhood to your own offspring. And that opens the understanding of what motherhood can be for the entire community, right? Because now you're not just focused yeah. on your own blood. They've, they've, they've got kids of their own. They're more or less raised. They're self-sufficient, right? So now you don't have to be the direct mother for them. You can be now the mother or in the, in the men's terms, the, the sage, you can be that grandfather or grandmother for the entire community, the entire village right. now. You're opening your container. Exactly. So, and that's, and that's kind of a way in that, that grief is just like, it kind of uh, skyrockets yeah. because Skyrocket, like, exactly. Like, yeah, it literally is a jet rocket to like. It's a. It is. It's an eldering experience. Yeah. It is. You don't know until you know, and you don't want anybody to know. That's beautiful. I love the until way they that. know, and then you're like, "Hey, sister. Hey, brother. I know. Hmm. Now you know. Wow. And it's hard." And it is vulnerable and it is raw Mm. and it is so expansive if you let it. Yeah. If you let it. Yes, exactly. And that's the key. Like you don't have to walk through this alone. Right. This is a journey that makes us, it's the mycelium that connects us as humans. Mm. Like think about that. Like, right. Like, Trees fall and die and build that mycelium. Like the tree's grief is the mushrooms that connects the forest. Wow. That's beautiful. Just thought of that. Just thought of that right there. (laughs) Man, damn. You just gave me a lot to think about. And that's, that's, you know, that's, that's that circle that, uh, the cycle of life, right? When we, you know, we're as humans, we we're, we're very linear with time, you know, there's a yeah. time, oh, there's a time, yeah. there's a time. Also, right? grief is not linear. Exactly. It's cyclical. FYI, right? and everybody. I think, <laughs> and I think that's that's the thing. It's like humans are the only people that are the only beings that observe calculated time. You know, there's I, like animals for the most part, unless they're domesticated, like, you know, dogs, cats, horses, cows, they don't recognize time. You know, they, they do what they feel like they need to do when they need to do it. So when you have this, uh, this, uh, this linear kind of idea that if this starts here, then it's going to stop there. Well, that's, that's not really right. You know, there's a cycle of the emotions that have to happen. And sometimes that cycle takes time, more time than what you think. It might take a month, it might take 10 years, right? So, or, or, or it doesn't take it. It doesn't, it doesn't have a timeline. Right. Yeah. It's, it's the cycle like still of sad, always will be sad. Right. Because I always have love in my heart for that person. Yeah. And as soon as I stop saying that I love that person, then I stop honoring the grief. Mm. Yeah. And if I say like, then it's, then it's, then, then you lose memories and then you get farther away. So keep like keeping your grief alive in a way that allows you to not get stuck in it, but know that this is part of this human experience. It just allows, it allows you to just move through it and with it and not try to say, I have to get over it or through it because it is now you. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I've never heard it put that before that way before. That's beautiful. And that's, that's, and that's, and that's a thing like the, every, I think that we live in a culture that says, get over it. Yep. We got to get past shit. Be done with it. Mm-hmm. And if you say, I don't, I can't, I don't want to, then you're stuck and you're not, you're not like, you're not progressing. Right. But what if progression is actually 
saying, I have this in me and I get to use it to help people. I get to use it to remember my person. I get to use it to feel deep emotions. Right. That's and not say, and not, and not, and not be like, let's just wash this away. That was just a time. Like I will forever be a widow. I will forever be Scott's wife. Mm -hmm. I will forever be his best friend. Yes. And now our relationship has changed. And as soon as I say I'm over grief, I'm lying to myself. Right. And then I'm not giving myself the, the benefit of what this is. Cause this is an initiation. Right. Well, the, and even, if, I, if the way you just talked about it, you know, you said you get to use it, you know, it's not like to. I'm stuck with this and now I have to be able to figure out my way. Of, it's like, no, I, this was a gift that was given to me. It might not seem like a gift when it was given to me. It might've seemed like something that was terrible. I took one for the team. It really, man. He fucking escalated us so quickly. I was already on like, I remember like the day he died. Yeah. I, well, of course I do, but like, <laughs> I, it's a big one. Uh, I was getting into meditation, mm. getting into, and I remember waking up. He had been like, he went for a trip to Hawaii, mm-hmm. kissed me on the cheek in the morning at 4am and left. And I got up that morning and meditated for five minutes. Okay on like headspace because that's all I could hold. Mm -hmm. And I was so proud of myself. I was like, Oh my God. Okay. I'm totally going to be like a meditator. Yeah. And (laughs) like, I think that this like Scott's death was a fucking like, like a video game level up for our entire community. Yeah. We all just were like, we know nothing. We literally know nothing. Yeah. None of this makes sense. And how, like, and we all just went on these, like, massive spiritual quests. Yes. Like, this, like, crunchy, I mean, it's so crunchy and it's so raw and it's so crazy. But, like, if you allow it, if you, if you take, if you're able to get into the mindset of, okay, why not me? Right. Why, not why me, but why not me? Yeah. Like, instead of sitting there, I never asked once, why me? Mm. Why why did Scott die? Like, why did this happen to me? It was like, what do I do from here? Right. Yes. What is this showing because me? Because why not me? Because if this happened to someone else, like, it could happen to, it can, it's going to happen to all of us no matter what. Right. Yeah. If you commit to love, you commit to loss. Yep. It's going to happen. So, not, like confining yourself not putting yourself in a box of like i don't deserve this i did everything right blah 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 it's like no you showed up on this planet and this is what happens on this planet Mm -hmm. so how are you going to make sure that you don't get stuck right in a timeline that doesn't serve you yeah yeah because because grief is you know grief is sacred it's really, really sacred. Yeah. And especially deep grief and those moments of deep grief that, you know, I'm, I'm four, four years and plus out of that deep grief. But I look back at that time of like, wow, I was opening to a level that I had no idea. Like I didn't have a choice. I just opened 
you can call it breaking, but you can also call it opening. Right. Right. And it can be something that traps us or it can be something that fuels us. Right. <clears throat> you know, and I've, I've, you know, witnessed your, your growth through your grief and, um, and also my mom, my mom, uh, my father right. passed away like, uh, 13 years ago now. And, uh, and I was not in a good place at that point in time to, to deal with that grief. And, uh, you know, I drank a lot and I was very, very unhealthy in the way that I dealt with that. But, um, you were just doing the best you could with what you had. I was, yeah, most definitely, That's, most definitely. I didn't have any 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 tools in my toolbox, and I didn't have exactly. friend groups. I had my family, but I wasn't even a really present father or dad or or spouse. Right. But uh, but the thing that really kind of helped me with that was watching my mom conquer her grieving process and be with that grieving process and not let it take her. And, and it was very beautiful to watch you as well move with grief instead of trying to separate yourself from grief, you mm -hmm. know? And so my mom's path was grief counseling, uh, support groups, things like that. And that was really helpful for her to get back out there and to my, find friends. You know, I think my dad passed away. My mom was in her early fifties, you know, they'd been together for almost 30 years, you know? And so like your, your person's goes right. And what's those next steps? How do you get back out there? You know? And so those support groups are really helpful for her. And that, you know, even though I wasn't practicing that stuff, then seeing my mom out there and doing that stuff, I think really helped me continue on my own path to find my spirituality because I saw how much work she was doing and how beneficial it was for her. It just, you know, it was subconscious for me, but it really pushed me into finding more peaceful practices. You know, I started meditating not too long after my dad passed, started doing yoga, all these things in life that now I, I really. You opened I, without yeah. even, and think of that about that. Like you didn't even think you had the tools then to do that, but grief pushes you. Yeah, it really does. But also think about what we were talking about earlier, Adam, like our ancestor, like our, we're healing lineages yeah. and your mom did it. Yep. yep. Your mom started doing the work mm -hmm. and gave it to you. Yeah. So she was like, you know what? I got this. Yep. I got this one. I'm going to show you how to do that. That's, that's so beautiful to think about. You know, yeah, the, the, right? Like, because we were so hard on that. Yeah. Like, we're so hard wow. and we're just like, but like, that's it. Like, she, she did that. And like, mm -hmm. that's a beautiful honoring. Yeah. And now, you know what, with her going through what she's going through, she's already given you the tools on how to deal with this. She has, you know, she has, there's one yeah. thing too, that I, that I, you know, and, and it's, this is a complicated belief and it's, it's just something that I don't hang my hat on, but it's in moments of, of turmoil and my own personal shit that I go through, it gives me a little bit of comfort. And it's the, uh, one of the ideas wrapped up in, um, in reincarnation. Right. So in reincarnation, which I, I do have ideas that we do reincarnate. I don't have a belief. I'm not going to hang my hat on it, like I said, because we can change ideas. We can't change beliefs. Right. So I have an idea that that reincarnation is a thing. And I, what I think one of the things I love about it is that when you so when you pass, you get you meet up with like a spiritual advisor, more or less, and you get to go over your life. What did you do? What did you like? What would you like to be challenged with with your next life? Right. And so in a way, there is a previous form of you that chose for you to go through this thing you're going through. 100%. Now, they're not doing that. They didn't be like, ha, let's see how she does this. It's like, you know what? That's going to be a big growth moment for this human being and all the humans around them. This is an opportunity for them to really step into their humanness. So I'm going to put this, this tragedy, this grief-stricken moment into my path and 
I'm going to fucking deal with it when it happens. So there's a part of you that knew that you were strong enough to be this human being, to, to accept this grief, to be with it and to move past it, you know? And that's beautiful to me because like in those moments, you don't think you can do any, you can't even open your eyes. You can't even take a breath, but there's a being that's that, that was once you, that was like, you got this, Adam, you, you got fucking this got this hard. Well, and it wasn't till like, you know, I started taking control and not control, I guess control is the wrong word. And so I started moving with mm. my grief instead of allowing, I allowed the grief to wash over me, right. which was so needed. And I'm so thankful that I had the opportunity to just be in that and feel it. And I was yeah. in ritual every night. I was connecting with Scott every night. I was I was moving through ritual every single day. Like really, like my whole days were based around like, because, because you trap sounds really existential or like woo, but for me, my like eyesight changed, my lenses changed. Mm. Everything became a message. Okay. Everything became a sign, a synchronicity, something that I was like, okay, that's the path. Mm -hmm. That's the path. This is why. You know, for like one crazy story, like Scott's, we had eagles that lived by our house. We had two eagles that lived yeah. right by our house, by the river. And Scott was a pilot. And, you know, like the day before I asked him if you could, what would you be if you could be an animal? And he said an eagle. Hmm. And then he died. And then the eagles kept showing up. All the time. But one day I was having just a, uh, a bad day. Yeah. And if you've ever gone through grief, you know, bad days. And I was sitting in my closet, just like this walk-in closet that had this window out the back. And I just stood up and I walked out the back and I put myself in the window and I go, Scott feels like this is all bullshit. I need you to fucking prove it now, 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 if you're here now and an Eagle flew over my fence at my door and went up like literally like <laughs> I skirted my ass to the back and like fell back and was yeah. like, Oh, that's too much. Yep. Okay. I'm sorry. I got it. That's too much. Yep. And I was like, all right. So that's real. <laughs> what? I think we've been taught that grief is supposed to be a closing. Mm, okay. Because death is a closing. Right. Okay. Oh, this is interesting. Yeah. Just thought of this. All right. Right. So like death is a closing. So then we're supposed to close down on this side. Mm. But in reality, when we lose someone, this is the opportunity to open. Right. And now it, and so if like you can shut down, you can die. You can't like, I could have died with Scott. Right. In many ways I've been suicidal. I've been, you know, there's a lot of, I've been dark. It's been hard. Yes. It's not to say this has all been like, I'm perfect and I've alchemized everything. And this has been such a fun journey. No, it's been fucking hard. Yeah. And I've gone down some dark roads, but I've pulled myself out because I'm still here. Mm -hmm. And I have, and I still have my life to live. Yeah. And if I give up on my life, then what was Scott's life for? There you go. There you go. I love the idea of the closing too, because, you know, in, in, uh, 
in our way of thinking, and I'll, we'll just use Western way of thinking, like uh, when we die, maybe some people think we ascend to a heaven of some sort, but that is that closing, that that spirit is no longer, the humanness of that person is humanness, gone, right? Exactly. But we have no idea what happens to that spirit afterwards, right? We know in quantum physics, we know the, the law that energy can neither be created or, or, or destroyed, right? So that's, that energy goes somewhere, right? And so where's that energy going? Like we think it's death, we think it's closing, we think it's sad, but that could be the liberation of that spirit. And now that spirit is with us at all times because now they're in a different form. They can quantize and be with me, with you, with my mom, with everybody at the same time because that's the way that that universe works. So when we close off our emotions because of that grief happens and that death of us is because of the death of the human – no, that's a birth of something different. That's an idea of all it's these emotions. Yeah, like all this shit. This, like you said, like these, everything can be a sign, right? If you have the capacity to understand what the signs are. So for you going to that window and saying, fucking prove it, fucking prove it. And then having fucking that, we, prove it, that bro. beautiful <laughs> eagle just fly straight at you and then just straight up. Huge. It's like, wow. That th- those are those things that like if you're paying attention to the world, the world is paying fucking attention to you, and it will talk to you as much as you're talking it to it. But exactly. you've got to you got to create that bridge. You got to create that gotta, bridge sometimes. Yeah. You know, you got to break. You got to break through the ideas that 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 you know, like I could say forever that I'm a widow. Yep. That word, I don't even like the vibration that word carries. Right. I'm someone that is love and lost. Mm-hmm. That is what I'm dealing with. I'm not a widow because I have a different relationship with my husband. Mm. There you go. And he can help me a lot better from the other side than he did here. Yeah. And he's guiding me every single day. And when you go into the, like, if you commit to our cultural standards of grief, you're committing to not processing right yeah you're committing to the five stages right yeah right like that's bullshit the five stages of grief yeah i saw that when i was researching for this (laughs) oh really you're in five stages you're just gonna go through them Uh good luck Uh and see how that turns out i love how acceptance is the last stage like you're just accepting (laughs) you're like acceptance should actually be the first stage come on man jesus christ it's so yeah so it's but that's our that's our Western way of of, of trying to put a, a process to things. Like you go well, from a step process. A to step B to step C, you know. And a if you process. don't do that, then you're fucked. Grief isn't a process; it's a journey, right? And you don't. Hi, Zizu. Look who I got. Oh, that buddy. <laughs> um, but that's that's the different. I love that. Like grief isn't a process; it's a journey. Yeah. Because a journey allows for different forks in the road. A journey allows for you to pivot. A process determines where you're supposed to be at the end. Mm. Yeah. And that's not fair. No. Because what if you don't ever end up there? Then you failed? Bullshit. Yeah. Grief is your journey. Wow. There is nobody else. Like, there is no one that will go through your experience through grief but you. Right. It's very unique. You can bring in community, but no one will know the depths of yours except you. Right. So if you're supposed to process it, through somebody else's words. Good luck. Yeah. Journey. Fucking pack a backpack. Build a campfire. Let mm. some shit go. There you go. Like, and then take a different fork that has a cedar tree 
or like one that has a willow. That, that was like, which one do you want to go to? Right, and that I think that was my favorite things about when you finally not finally when you when you started to step into the growth part of your grief and and mm-hmm. and start taking these herbalism classes and your flower essences and then becoming a grief coach like all these things is like fuck yeah man you do that shit girl like every time i heard about you doing something i'm like yes that's what i'm fucking talking about like right. let this drive you because like you were yeah. saying you know like you know scott's passing unfortunately pa- you know it, it impacted all of us you know in our own ways you 100%. know and, and i'm like thank thank god i almost like when i say that i'm like thank god it impacted all of us yeah thank god most definitely you know and it really put us in a trajectory of like understanding what is really important with us. And that's, that's unique to the individual, you know, like what's important to me is different than you and different to Monica, different to JC, but you know, like, but we finally found what was important for us. And is that the way we're living our lives? No, we're not. Okay. Then how the fuck do we change? So we can, and if anything, if the catalyst originally was to honor Scott's memory, that's great. You know, but to now it's like, no, I just want to be the best fucking human being I can. And that is what's honoring Scott's memory, just for us to finally realize how cool and amazing we are. And not just because we are, but because we're fucking humans. We're magical goddamn creatures. Every single one of us. I just had this vision of like Peter Pan and his shadow. And that Scott's like all of our Peter Pan shadows. I love that. (laughs) I take that. He's like, you know, he's like. I died so you could fucking fly. There you go. There you go. And as soon as you put me attached to your soul, then you're going to go higher. And I'm not trying to hold you down. Just trying to show you the light. There you go. That's beautiful. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's been wild. And like the moment that I realized, you know, I've, I've, I've done a lot of, I've done a lot of healing work and I've processed (laughs) but um it wasn't really until kylie Mm. you know kylie kylie yeah uh i had reached out to her we had had some connection and she was like i'm grief coaching and i was like grief coaching wait what Mm. that sounds wild and then she showed me that she was like yeah here's the thing that i did and i was like "Mm, i love that for you that one's not for me. And so then I started doing research and it was like, found the first one that like really correlated with me. And it was grief to gratitude. Hmm. And it was, how do we find, how do we, how do we become thankful within this? Like I, of course I want my husband back. Of course I want that life, but I also am so thankful. I got to meet this version of myself. Hmm. I would never have met this version of myself right? ever. And so, and, and, and not brushing away the fact that like, I'm still sad about that. You know, it's like, I can still be sad and be thankful. Yeah, most definitely. And, and just being like, okay, this, and it was like a hit, like an intuitive hit, just being like, all right, I get to be a grief coach. Hmm. I get to help people. I get to help people. I get to make sure that they if they don't have the community, if, if they, if they, you know, and not even that, like you can have the biggest community, but I still needed help from one-on-one because especially from someone that's lost a spouse or some, you know, like you find people that have lost a parent or you find someone that you've lost a child, you find that person that you can connect in the eyes with and say nothing and know everything. Hmm. 
yeah. is key. Yeah. Where you're just like, mm-hmm. I know. I know, but I don't know, but I know. Yeah. And you don't want people to know until they know. But it's it was just this knowing. And I, you know, I went back, I recorded all of my life coaching sessions and I went back to look at them when I started coaching of being like, what were some big pivotal moments for me? What were some things that really like sparked my growth? Yeah. And one of the videos I watched was like my girl, my, my coach, Jen saying like, yeah, I have actual friends that are grief coaches. And I, at that time in my healing journey, I completely brushed it off. And I was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. It didn't even resonate with me at all. Yeah. And then I heard Kylie or like I read that Kylie was it, and I was like, boop. All right. I'm there. That's what's happening. I'm there. I'm ready. I'm so ready to fucking hold the hands of the people that feel that they're alone. Wow. Because how many hours a day did I spend just like looking on Instagram being like young widows? Has anyone ever done this before? Wow. Yeah. And do they, and do they smile again? Because right now I don't feel like that's an option. Hmm. And so you just seek for that mycelium. Yeah. You seek for that root connection of saying, Hey, I see you sister or brother and I got you and you can say everything or nothing and know that you're safe. Yeah. Wow. Oh man. And that's such a beautiful journey. I bet that, that was probably even, I don't want to say more helpful, but just such an impactful part of your journey too, is that turning that grief around into something that's super helpful. And that's something that, that helps you grow instead of like we were talking about earlier, that, that shutting the door, that grief just shuts the door. It's like, no, that grief was a catalyst for your growth. You know, grief was the biggest catalyst for my growth. I think about that. I'm like, if Scott was still alive, where would I be? Hmm. What would I be doing? Yeah. Would I be like, I get to help people now right? because he died, you know, like, and I, it doesn't mean it hurts less, right? but it also, it also softens. It softens things because it's like, thanks, bud. Yeah. I got to experience your love for a long time. And now I get to help people know that they don't have to like, this isn't, this isn't their grave too. Yeah. Like they get to, you get to get out of this and you get to like, it's like getting into like a different skin. Like you just like grief feels like you're like, oh my God, whose skin is this? This was like yesterday, this was a different skin. And now I'm in this whole new bodysuit. Right. And now I'm going to have to try to process this. And then you go through another process of like, oh, oh my God, I'm kind of. I kind of got like a little bit of like the windshield wipers went off and like, I can see a little, like the tears have subsided, but the tears are necessary. You have to let the tears, like when you, I remember getting on antidepressants and I, it was like month three or four where I was like, okay, I need help. Yeah. I need help. And I went to the doctor and they gave me clonopin. Oh, and antidepressants, clonopin like three times a day. Wow. Yeah. Zombie. And I was like, last thing I need on top of this is a benzoid addiction. Oh, so I'm right. going to be very, very careful. And I got a, I like weaned myself down from the clonopin. I was like, I'm not doing this. Right. 
wean myself down from that and then told my doctor and was like, I like got off clonopin. She's like, okay, let's up your antidepressant. I was like, what? We nah, I just nah, I just did that thing though. Yeah. That just like was better for like, I don't why do I need that? Yeah. And I was like, I'll give it, I'll give it a week. And I started taking more of them mm-hmm. and I couldn't cry. Oh shit. I had all of the emotions. Yep. Like welled up. Just waiting there. And then no tears. And that's when I learned that my tears were my storytellers. That every time I cried was releasing a different memory. Oh, wow. And it was like each, like, I was like, I would start tasting them. And I was like, oh, my God, that one's like warm Hmm. and super salty. And it like, I'm not mad. I'm just sad. And then there'd be like sharper ones. And I was like, oh, no, now I'm mad. That's anger. Yep. And it's really, it was really, I could like taste the chemicals within my tears. Wow. And I was like, there's no, and that's when I got into herbal medicine because I was like, I have the opportunity and the privilege to feel all of my emotions and I am not going to hide behind anything. Mm. And these tears are telling me things and releasing things. And I get to experience all of it. I'm not doing that. There you go. I'm not going to shove this down. I'm not going to say these don't exist like these are these are my storytellers of our love and why i'm sad and mad and like maybe i'm crying because i'm happy or like not like it's a different container right like yeah either expand it or you can either bring it in Mm -hmm. wow I could never, you know, that's, that's, that's such a beautiful and amazing, um, just observation to, to, to go that far into grief without any medicines and then start taking medicines and seeing how that innately just affects you. Right. Yeah. Cause we need to purge. We need to cry. We need to, we need to get that shit out. Right. Have to. Have, Have to. to. Got to. Not an option. It's it's so animalistic, right? When when a lion chases a zebra and the zebra gets away, as soon as the zebra's safe, it shakes because it has that pent up energy that it needs to get out, right? right? It can't just like just yeah, trot off dude. and be fine, right? It's got that get that shit out. We have so much fucking negative or just energy built up into us, and if we need to expend it, expunge it, get it out, like get it the fuck out. And crying yeah. is one of the best ways to get it out because it just once you start, the emotions really just take over blubber snot cry whatever you want to call it but just get that out because get it out feels so much right like grief is a water ritual yeah grief is a water ritual Hmm. think about that that. like it's it's everything like you take a bath you release grief Mm. you go to the river you release grief you cry you release grief you snot you release grief right it is the water the elements in your body that hold the knowledge of your pain that get released through a tangible variable. Like it is, you know, and you do the deepest healing in the water. Like you just, it is, it, 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 it's the river of fucking life. Yeah. And sometimes grief are big waves and sometimes grief is tiny little trinkles on the sand that you think is going to hit you like a, like a tsunami but turns out you're okay yeah sometimes it's going to take you the fuck under Mm -hmm. and as long as you realize that you can like roll with the waves that you're fine yeah that you're okay that you're just made of the same thing the water is Mm. 
we're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. Yeah. And if you're not, then that's your journey, yeah. you know, but like there's opportunity to be all right. Right. Because <sighs> it's not, it's not, it's not fair to say that like you're going to be fine. That's not fair. Right. Yeah. Like you're going to be fine. Fuck you. Yeah. It's <laughs> very condescending. In those you know? Moments. Yeah. It's like, but what if I choose to not be fine? Right. Then that's your choice. And then you don't get to be fine, but there is space for you to be okay. Right. It's just you choosing mm -hmm. if you want to go down the currents or you want to go down the lazy river, <laughs> <laughs> which also has some currents that are surprising. Uh, yep, <laughs> like, yep. It's not all lazy. <laughs> it's not all lazy. It's, it's actually a lot of work. And you have to stand up and walk and carry your right. tube the whole time. But yeah. like, <laughs> and the lazy river can be, ha can have a little more urine in it than the other river. And the, yeah. The rapids also there's there. a shit ton of piss. <laughs> <laughs> So with herbalism, when you when you find when you found herbalism, and oh my god! So right. how did that kind of work with your grief counseling that you were doing or learning? Like how did that all kind of marry together for you? Yeah. I'm so excited to talk about this. Um, I'd been looking into herbalism a little bit, and then I got it all just kind of synchronous, like it just all came together. Mm -hmm. Of course, with Hannah. Always, yeah. Where I was like, I don't know, I want to like, I think I want to like make medicine and like get with the herbs and get with the plants. And Hannah had sent me this post and she's like, look at this school. And I was like, already applied. <laughs> and it was this woman, her name is Suzanne. And it was the most magical experience. Like she, her and I had a deep, deep, deep soul connection. Mm. And we... So it was, I was like, I'm just gonna, I was already making like my own skin, skincare a little bit, like hated chemicals, got away from that, started making my own stuff and got given a couple like different herbal tinctures through my deep grief process that I was like, all right, nature is where it's at. Mm. I'm not doing the other stuff. So I signed up for this class. It was an apprenticeship. It was I think I did, I did two of them and they were like five months long each that every Tuesday we would go out into the woods for about 10 hours and harvest plants, make medicine, sit in circle. Right. And it was magical. And she knew my soul so hard, like days that would be like, I mean, honestly, Adam, it was like, I remember one day I got stuck in traffic because I was driving up from Mount Vernon and I would have to go to Lake Issaquah. Oh, geez. That, um, and be there by 9 a.m. And there was a car accident and I couldn't get around it. And so I was going to be late. And her thing is, it's like, if you're late, we're gone. I'm like, I'm late. And yeah. so she called me. Oh, I was like, I'm, and it was Scott's anniversary. Oh, it was wow. his first year. Hmm. And I was like, I'm going to be late. I can't go. And I was like, I'm going to go home and like drink. Like in my head, I was like, that's it. I'm right. going to do it. I'm going to drown it. And she calls me. She's like, and she had no idea. And she goes, get here now. She goes, where are you? And she lived up there in Skagit yeah. where I was. And she goes, where are you exactly right now? And I told her my directions and she goes, can you get around? And I was like, I can go through the medium. And she's like, do it. <laughs> I drove through the medium and she's like, take the old highway. Yeah. Like, we'll wait for you. 
And that day, that day showed up and we were walking and wood violets were on the forest floor. We were looking for devil's club, I think, and wood violets were on the forest floor. And it's this group of like 15 girls. And she turns around and she looks at me. She goes, eat that now. And I go, what? She's like, pick that up and eat that now. And they're these little yellow violets. Okay. She goes, that's called heart ease. It's going to help your heart. Wow. And we, and I was like, of course, just like start like, I'm like, I'm totally fine. This yeah. is totally fine. <laughs> and so we like go and harvest things. And then we go back to the parking lot at the end of the day and like process beautiful medicine. I made like, like, you know, it's just magic. And we go back to the lot and I got this woman comes up to me and she's like, I got you this book. It's called tear soup. And it was about like this grandma that lost her husband, but she'd cry into the soup that held the memories, which I'm like, what? (laughs) So, which I, yeah, I know. I'm like, okay. Uh And then Suzanne comes up and she's like, what's up with you today? I was like, well, it's the first anniversary of my husband's death. And she goes, I knew. I knew I had to call. You needed to be here. Mm. I was like, you have no idea how much I needed to be here. Yeah. And that moment really sparked my knowing that I could heal myself and that nature could also, that like, I could heal myself through nature Yeah. and that I didn't have to be on pills and mm. that I didn't have to subscribe to any of that, that that moment of sitting in nature and looking around and seeing the plant that calls to you and being like, you, I feel like you might have a message for me. Right. And if I'm quiet enough, I can listen. And I'm, if I'm open enough, I can heal. Yeah. And that from that moment on, like she, like she, for example, oh my God, Adam, like there was one moment I was pulling. I'd been out of class for probably six months. Okay. I took, I took a year of courses with her and was out of class for six months and I had a huge apothecary. I'm sure you've heard this story, but like that was tucked in this like built-in like latched type mm-hmm. situation, closet doors All right. was in my back closet, which was my sanctuary ritual closest to Scott I could get to. And I was pulling tarot cards and I pulled from three different decks, three towers in a row. Oh shit. <laughs> And then I heard a pop, like the biggest, loudest bang I've ever heard. I was like, what the fuck was that? And I walk out there and my apothecary blew out and smashed everything on the ground. Everything I just spent like 500 hours building. Yeah. I scooped medicinal honey with a dustpan. And at that moment, my herbalist teacher reached out to me and goes, I don't know what it is, but I feel like you just need me right now. Oh, Jesus Christ. I go, (laughs) oh my God, are you fucking kidding me? Oh my God. And I go, well, funny. You just said that and sent her a picture. She's like, I have everything you need. I'll send you a package. What do you need? Wow. What are the, like what? Wow. Damn. That's That's beautiful. I I mean, talk like we talk like every, like maybe once a year. Yeah. Maybe every six months. And she was just like, 
I have a feeling you need me right now. Something's happening. I was like, well, you're feeling, and she was like, you don't think you're a witch? Yeah, right. right. (laughs) But that like, she really ignited me on her, on my, on my journey towards that. And, you know, I just feel so lucky to be able to, to be able to continue to grow. And like, and as I'm learning how to help people, I'm learning how to help myself. And I'm also giving myself a lot of grace Mm. to not have it all figured out. Yeah. And to allow myself to still be messy and to still be confused and to still be sad because as a coach, like you're not a know-it-all. You're just someone that's experienced something that maybe I have a little bit more tools in my toolbox that I'll share a wrench with you. Yeah. And you, and, and I'm not assuming that you don't have anything to teach me. You have everything to teach me. I have everything to teach you. We, we, your experience through this is way different than mine. So what if we just come together and learn our lessons, but I have some things that maybe, that maybe could help you Right. and, and eat and soften. Like I just keep this word, just soften, just keeps coming up in my head. Like, right. let's just soften around it. Let's not just harden up around grief. Mm-hmm. Let's just soften. Well, I think the softening too, in general, like just being that human. Right. And, and so yeah, many times, know. like, if you, uh, you know, go to a, a therapist or a counselor or something like that, like it's very, very structured. It's very, you know, like, um, you know, non-emotional, you know, because they have to play a part Old. and I'm, I'm so done with that. And that's one of the reasons I left my professional life was because I was done playing a character. I don't want to play a character anymore. So the Adam that you're going to meet that sits across you before a session, a Reiki session, a sound healing session is going to be the same Adam you meet at the grocery store. We're going to talk about shit. I'm going to cuss in front of you because that's how I feel comfortable as a human being. I'm going to share stories about me that might relate to you to help you not feel so ostracized about what you're going yep. through. Right. And in, in, in clinical uh, practitioners, they don't teach that. They, they teach you the opposite of that. You don't relate. You don't want to identify with. You don't want to create that, that relationship because, you know, in professional se- settings, you know, things, blah, 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 whatever reasons but i'm a fucking human you're a fucking human we're both going through shit and like you said earlier us as practitioners we don't have anything more together than y'all we're learning as much as y'all are learning and we're healing as much as y'all are healing like the people that come see me are working through the same shit that i'm working through that's not by accident that's by design like the world and the universe is giving me the exact people that i need to work on because they're the exact things that i need to work on as a person exactly right and so like when we can open ourselves up to that intuitive nature to 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 be with the person to be with the experience instead of always drawing on your knowledge and your your wisdom or what's been told to you Right. That's where the humanness starts to happen. And that's where the, I think the, the real healing starts to happen is when you can see the person across from you is as need as as in need of healing as you are. Right. And that's from the person seeking the help or the person giving the help. But also back to the eldering of that. That that I may be going through something as hard as you. But I've created a container. Because hmm. I've done the work that helps me hold yours as well. Right. And that's why you came to me. Hmm. It's not that I know more. It's I've expanded more. Right. And it's not that I hurt less. It's just that I know the hurt is for a purpose. Ah, yes. You know, it's not, it's not a this or them or we or us. It's, 
we're together and I want to help you create a container. I want you to, we all get to have these containers that allow us to hold all these things inside of it. And as soon as you start being like, this is my grief, this is my, this is my sadness. Like if this is my grief and this is my happiness, when you can go, this is my grief and this is my happiness. Right. Do you want to come in? Yeah. You want to come in here? It's, <laughs> it's nicer. It might get messy. Yep. It might be hard. It's pro- There's some rough waters, but uh-huh. it's also like there's a spa. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's beauty in Yeah, because we never, we never really know. You know, there's there's the emotion or the, the thing that happens, and then we have our initial reaction. And But tomorrow, the way we look at that thing that happened yesterday or maybe even just like an hour before might be vastly different. You know, that, what is the fuck is time? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we have no idea. We've we've put this construct in time and we 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 adhere to it, but I don't think anybody else really does, you know. And if we can get our uh, get our own ideas of time away from it, then we just were in these cycles. And then the cyclical yeah. nature of, you know, when things pass, they come back and they maybe not in the same way as they passed before, maybe in something more beautiful, maybe as an opportunity, an understanding, a conceptual idea, you know, but it's like it's the cycle and it just, it will come back in some kind of beautiful way if we honor and appreciate the cycle. Well, it's like a tree of like the tree rings, right? Mm -hmm. Like how do we, and how lucky are we that we get to be on the cycles that we're on? Yeah. Like it can, you can either choose, you can either choose to, for it to be gnarly or like, or you can be like, wow, we're so lucky that we get to like process, process, hate that word, (laughs) but like, that we get to like, I feel so lucky. I get to do grief with you guys. Hmm. <laughs> like right. I feel so lucky. I feel, I feel so lucky that I get to help people. I get, I feel so lucky that I got to experience Scott because hmm. now I get to experience this, which took a long time to get there. Yep. And once again, it's not like, it's not linear. None of this is linear that's the timeline thing where it's like just this, you, you live and then you die. It's like, no, you live and you possibly die earlier. You don't, or like you just, what if you just let it be Mm. and didn't stop being like, we need to be any place, anywhere, anytime, just be where you are because this is where you are. And there's lessons within your existence of that place. And maybe the opportunity, the opportunity in grief is that it slams us into consciousness. Hundred percent takes us out of this this pattern. Everything that we do, we go to work, we eat, we sleep, we do all the things. We've been ritualized, whether we realize yeah. it or not. Grief is one of those things. This is, hey, fucker, guess what? You're the most awake you've ever been in your life, and it fucking ever. hurts. And it's ever, painful. and it hurts. I grew a hole in my chest. I remember that. Yeah, that's sunken in. My heart, literally, like it's still there. Yeah. My heart literally broke open. Yeah. And I was like, I don't feel like I'm making this up. Yeah. <laughs> do you remember that? Like I like yeah. I lived with oh, you guys. Yeah. I was like, can you it is hot? Like it feels hot and it's moving. And you're like, yeah, dude, that is tangible. Yeah. I don't feel like, you know, it's just if you give grief credit, it will be your biggest teacher. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many opportunities to grieve. Yeah, there really are. Yeah. And that's what I think is missed in this, like in this 
like how we're walking through life. It's like, we're missing opportunities to grieve. So when these big grieves come on, we haven't already processed the other ones. So then you've lost everything. Right. So like, what if you just like, what if we just were like, let's grieve stuff. Like let's grieve the climate. Let's grieve our planet. Let's grieve animals that are extinct. Let's Mm -hmm. grieve the way life used to be. So we know in, in a time where you don't need to feel isolated, where it is like this, like communal grieving where we've all lost. So when it comes to times that we're supposed to grieve or like when we really are dealt with grief that we're like, okay, you're a little more familiar. Yeah. I love that idea. That's, that's it's so beautiful. Like we try to move away from like as minor bouts of sadness lead to right. the understanding of grief. Right. And so we can, we can embrace the, like when I drop my, when I drop Monica off at the airport and she's going to go be gone for three weeks. It's grieving. I'll, You're grieving I'll, her existence. Totally. For yeah. A like accept that grief and understand that that's sad. Yeah. Let that sadness move with you and then, you know, find your way to process it. Yeah. And process again. <laughs> move with yeah, it. Find your way to move with wrong it. Once. <laughs> <laughs> I accept process. We do have to process stuff. God damn it. <laughs> I know. I know. I actually have process written on my chest. Uh, the process oh, of my no progress way. is you stressful. Also have, yeah. yes. You also have my husband's initials and elephant written on your chest. I so do. I do. That's a very strange, so. uh, strange uh, <laughs> coincidence. <laughs> oh well, dear. Where where are you going with all this stuff? You, you know, okay. Yeah. You've got you've got grief counseling. You've got herbalism. You've you're making awesome medicines now with different companies. You've got your own things you're doing. Like where where are mm-hmm. you doing with all? I'm this? doing a lot. I'm doing a lot. I'm trying to. Um, I'm a Gemini, just so you know. So I'm all over the place. Uh, as, as I you let's yep. which hand, like which pot can I dip stuff into? Uh-huh. Um, and not finish. A, right. And not, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just going to leave this pile over here. You guys got uh, that? Yep. Uh, uh, so as of now, I am, um, I'm leaving my company that I'm working for. I'm headed to Hawaii with your wonderful lady at the end of summer for about yeah, a month yeah. and a half. I, um, so now I am certified through different grief coaching accredited universities. There you go. Um, and I am just really looking to hone in on, I just want to help people. I honestly just want to like hold the hands of, I've really taken my role, like, because what I know of what I know, I want to help widows and widowers because until you know, you don't know, you know, like you just have to, you just have to hone in on that. So my goal is to just create a beautiful, a beautiful program that helps people know that they're not alone on how to create ritual around their journeys and, and also bring together in community. Monica and I are planning a one day grief retreat this summer, mm-hmm. as well as a five day grief retreat on the location is to be announced um, at the beginning of the year of where we can come together and grieve in ceremony and create ritual around it. And, you know, let the butterfly soup, give us wings as we, as we, as we process, process that. (laughs) Well, it's continue to normalize, you know, continue to normalize these conversations, normalize grief, normalize the understanding, normalize seeing somebody crying and going up and offering them a hug. Oh my God. Fucking hell. That was one of my favorite things ever to do is that I feel so lucky that I was able to be so vulnerable within my grief was like, 
I would never cry in public. And I was like, oh, I have gotten so used to crying in public. <laughs> and guess what that's done for me? And guess what that's done for other people? Right. Is that as soon as you show your vulnerability, you realize that, realize that everyone's walking around with pain. Mm-hmm. Everyone has a story. Everyone has hurt. And until one person shows their vulnerability, there's a stronghold. There's this. I'm good. You're good. We're good. This yep. is fun. Stoic. If you're Stoic. like, hey, guess what? I'm so sad and I'm not going to. And then I stopped saying sorry and saying thank you. Mm, I'm go. not sorry for crying. Thank you for holding space. Yes. I'm not sorry. This doesn't have to have a sorry. Mm. Your grief doesn't have to have a sorry. You're, you didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. You're just in it now. Exactly. So thank you for, thank you for being there. Thank you. Thank you for letting me process through, <laughs> process through this emotion. <laughs> thank you for letting me move through this with, with vulnerability and not think that I have to hold it down because right now I'm having an emotion and this is hard Yeah. and I don't want to hold it down because that gets stuck. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's, and it's a gift, but like, yeah. So my my goal in this is just to just to continually open up the doors of our hearts and like know that we're capable of so much more than just happy and sad. Yeah. There you go. Love that. You know, and stop rating emotions and stop trying to make other people feel comfortable because they haven't gone through this yet. Yeah. It's how do you get comfortable in grief? Yeah. That's a, I mean, gosh, uh, I was listening to somebody talk the other day and he's like, you know, one of the things that he thinks this person's opinion was grit that we don't have a, a lot of in this world now is grit. The, the endurance, I guess, you know, to, to see resilience, through resilience, resilience. You know, resilience. Yeah. and it's because we, we, we just want to make things better right away. We don't want to be in the emotion. We don't want to be in the understanding that work is hard yeah. sometimes, you know, you grief don't. sucks. Nobody wants to be in grief, but when you, you want find out of it, yourself the worst. There, that's your opportunity to be with it and to understand why that's with you and how you can, how you can move with that emotion. Every, all emotions are okay. All behaviors are not. And the way we stop behaviors oh, from happening. I love that. Is Say that. We say that one more time. It's all the emotions are okay. All behaviors are not. Right. And so when we deal I, with our emotions oh, responsibly, really like when they come up, they don't, they don't become behaviors. But if you, if you don't deal with your emotions, they're going to seat themselves inside of you and become this toxic behavior, right? Behaviors are like the disease on the outside of the skin. Mm, Man. Yeah. (sighs) Ah, Good stuff. Yeah. Big stuff. Man. Well, I, uh, I, I thank you so much, uh, you know, multitude Mm -hmm. of reasons, uh, for being an amazing human, being a dear friend, um, giving us, um, uh, probably the, 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 the best way, the best understanding that I have of a person moving through grief. Um, and I know that's begrudgingly probably not the, the, the path you wanted to take, but I'm so happy that, that you walked that path with the dignity and the honor that you did and with the messiness and the craziness that you did, because it's not always head up fucking shoulders back. Sometimes it's slumped over dragging our face in the mud, yeah. but the way that you held yourself and the way that you were vulnerable and the way that you showed up allowed all of us to really be able to be okay with our emotions and to be able to lean into that and to find our own healing through the processes Mm. of what you went through. Mm. 
Um, and I can't wait to see what you continue to do with this because you're one of the most intuitive people I've ever met and all the stuff that you're learning and that you're gathering and to find the way that that's going to like accumulate into your actualization moment. Cause you, you like a lot of weird shit and I love I'm that the about weirdest. you. So Bring when you on. get all that weird shit together to find the way that it benefits humanity, like I can't wait to see that actualization moment happen. I think we'll all feel it. I don't think it's going to be a watching of happening. I think we'll all yeah. feel that impact in some way. Yeah. Uh, and I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to watch it. Can't wait to feel it. You do. I uh, thank you so much, love. Thank you so much for Adam, all that you do. Thank you. I love you, brother. Thank you so much for spending time with Carmen and I. Um, if you have any questions about what we talked about or would like to reach out to any of us, please follow the links in the show notes. Please like or subscribe to the podcast or share it if you find somebody that's called to it. Obeisance and love. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time.